Welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. And uh, this is a topic that I've done now for, gosh, I think nine straight years in covering Nebraska football on a daily annual basis. I did it each year on my radio show, uh, Game Time with, with Nick Baugh, and I've continued it on my podcast now, and I've always really enjoyed doing this. It's time for my annual ranking of Nebraska schedule from easiest to hardest uh, in terms of its opponents. This is a really fun way to kind of unpack the schedule. It's interesting how things end up shaking out and ranking and you know, it's funny, sometimes you can walk away after doing this and going, damn, this schedule is tough. Or sometimes you can walk away going, you know, this schedule is a little lighter than I than I initially thought. And so there's obviously a million factors that go into, you know, ranking a game and sizing up the opponent and, and all that where it falls on the schedule. Is it early? Is it late? Is it after a bye? Who did you just play? Home? road, potential weather if games are taking place in September versus, let's say, mid to late November. Uh, so there's there's a lot to it. But before we get started, let me preface everything, everything with this. It does kind of feel weird to be discussing what games are, quote, easy when you are viewing this through a, the lens of a program that went three and nine last year and has had five straight losing seasons. Right, like that reality isn't lost on me because I do think, to a certain extent, when you have had five straight losing seasons, you kind of aren't afforded the luxury to call any game easy. If we're being honest with with our with each other here, but you, I think you guys understand what I'm what I'm doing with this topic here, right? I mean, everything every easy is kind of relative to to everything else, and the reality is that Nebraska's kind of lost the right to to penciling in wins anymore. Like, there was a time when you could go, okay, win, that's a win, that's a win. But, I, I when again, five straight losing seasons, coming off three and nine, it's hard to pencil anything in. And I'm not, like, predicting anything. I'm just ranking the games. But, again, I think you guys get the spirit of what I'm doing here. I just wanted to preface everything with, with that self-awareness because – as, as I was kind of writing this out, I thought, man, what would like a Purdue fan think if they like walked into the room and like saw what I was doing? They're like, oh, really? That game is easy. Didn't you guys go? Didn't Nebraska go three and nine? They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, really? I think that game's pretty easy. Didn't you, haven't you guys not gone to a bowl game for five straight years? But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, <laughs> I think I, I just wanted to. Sometimes it's important to acknowledge the reality of the deal. But then obviously, again, I think you guys get the. I think you guys get the spirit of what I'm doing here. Okay, let's do it. Here we go. Ranking Nebraska's opponents on its schedule from easiest to hardest. I'll go just kind of 12 through 1. 12 being easiest, 1 being hardest. At number 12, Georgia Southern. It's the third game of the year for Nebraska. So Nebraska will have two games under their belt with a whole bunch of new, which you'd anticipate you know, they always say the whole cliche, the you know, biggest improvement you make is week one to week two. I think that's going to be even more true for a program like Nebraska. And when you look at Georgia Southern, they went three and nine last year. They fired the, their head coach. They hired Clay Helton. And you, you read up on Georgia Southern. They're making a pretty massive shift offensively from really for the for a handful of decades here. They've traditionally been an option team, and now they're trying to be a little bit more Balanced, and certainly as as we've seen with Nebraska football going from Frank Solich to Bill Callahan, 
you, you don't just snap your fingers and make that shift. That's a hard shift to make. Now, Georgia Southern did bring in Kyle Van Treese, who is a as a transfer quarterback. And if that name sounds familiar, that's because Nebraska faced him last year uh, because he was a starting quarterback at Buffalo. Um, but with Georgia Southern, this team was not very good last year. And they feel like they're a long ways away from from being a legitimate football team. And they're 115th in scoring offense, 101st in scoring defense, 110th in total defense, gave up 442 yards per game. They got issues. Easiest game on the schedule for Nebraska, Georgia Southern. Okay, at number 11, I got North Dakota. Second game of the season. Now, I will say it's a little concerning in terms of a, of a hangover possibility with it being the week after going to Ireland. I, 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 anytime you go overseas, you change that kind of time zone, all that stuff, like it's going to take a lot out of you. And they're, they're going to be starting school, all that stuff. Like there's just going to be a lot going on for the players. So you, you worry a little bit about a, about a hangover. And then also, let's face it, how that game against Northwestern goes in Ireland can kind of shape some things initially. As we saw last year, losing at Illinois, there was kind of a, it, it just, you got off on the wrong foot. There's a little bit of that negativity and, and cloud hanging over everything after that Illinois game. I see the same sort of ingredients uh, with this Northwestern game, it, that if, things were to not go well, a lot of the reaction would be, oh gosh, this isn't what, this is a disaster. Look out, frost seat's already lava hot. It's now scolding hot, you know? So it's, I guess I say all that to say, it's somewhat of an interesting situation. Now, it's also the home opener. And to a certain extent, regardless of how the Northwestern game goes, you probably expect the crowd to be pretty darn good for that first game of the year. Right, you you expect a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of hopefully sunshine and people feeling good. You you'd expect the crowd to be decent. North Dakota went five and six last year. They finished seventh in, in the Missouri Valley Conference. Um, you know, those D- Dakota schools over the years have really played pretty good football, but it's still an FCS team. Um, and Nebraska should be fine, but psh, you know, I you never know. But I put North Dakota as the at number eleven. At number 10, got the Indiana Hoosiers coming to Lincoln, October 1st, Memorial Stadium. It's the game after the Oklahoma game comes to town, so it's another interesting momentum situation at Nebraska. Now, Nebraska or for Nebraska, that there is a bye in between those two games, but nevertheless, Oklahoma will be the last team that, that Nebraska has, has faced before taking on Indiana. You know, so say Nebraska, let's let's get crazy. Let's chuck some Kool-Aid. Let's say Nebraska upsets Oklahoma. Oh, people are going to be flying high around Lincoln feeling really good. And so, obviously, when Indiana comes to town, people will be, you know, you got to take that vibe momentum check into consideration as well. But with the bye, that's important, right? I mean, anytime you, you get a little bye, you get an extra time to prepare, makes a difference. But the biggest thing to consider when you look at this opponent is it's it's so Indiana's interesting, man. Indiana isn't too far removed from a pretty darn good 2020 season where the Hoosiers were kind of one of the darlings of the Big 10. They went 6 and 2 and they played in the Outback Bowl and everybody's all of a chugging, you know, the the coach Allen Kool-Aid and Indiana Kool-Aid for a little bit. But boy did they come 
crashing back down to earth last year. What a disaster of a season for Indiana. The Hoosiers went 2-10 and last year, and their only two wins were against Idaho and Western Kentucky. They lost eight games in a row to end the season, and in their conference games, here was Indiana's points scored. So this is points scored conference games, game by game. 6-0-15-7-35-7-3-14-7. Yikes. 123rd nationally in scoring offense, 124th in total offense. Turnovers were a big issue, finished almost dead last in turnover margin in all of college football. Indiana did fire their offensive coordinator, hired a new one, but the Hoosiers have some issues offensively in moving the ball, putting points on the board. Something else to keep in mind, and this can go both ways, depending on how you want to look at it, but Indiana plays at Cincinnati the week before coming to Lincoln. So could be coming off a pounding to the Bearcats. Maybe you go play them tough and you're feeling confident, but always something to consider who you're, who you're playing the week before. They play at Cincinnati, and Cincinnati loses quite a bit, but nevertheless, that's a team that obviously made the college football playoff a year ago. Anyway, a slice it. Should be, again, quote, one of the easier games on paper for Nebraska. I think it's probably the easiest conference game for Nebraska on paper. The Nick Bot Podcast is powered by my good friends at Runza. You know, a few things make me more proud than the fact that Runza supports my podcast because as a Nebraskan, I've been a Runza fan my entire life. I lived down the street from a Runza growing up. was a blast to go there as a kid. Sometimes I'd even ride my bike there with my buddies. I vividly remember one of our very first elementary school field trips was to Runza. Everyone loved it. I remember going to Runza in high school for lunches with all my high school friends. And I've told you guys this, one of the happiest days at Kansas my freshman year was discovering a Runza in Lawrence, Kansas, it was like finding a little slice of home when I was away from home. And now as an adult, it's great to share runs with my kiddos who absolutely love the deliciousness of Runza. It's a little Runza story from yours truly. And you know what the menu is. Just outstanding, amazing Runza sandwiches. Oh my gosh, a piping hot cheese Runza? Mmm, that sounds good right now. Incredible burgers. The best fries on the planet. The salads are great, especially the Southwest chicken salad, my personal favorite. It's just awesome food. So whether it's lunch, dinner, a little snack, doesn't matter. Runza is the spot. You need to go download the mobile app. It's in the app store. You can order ahead, skip the line, plus you can earn rewards as well. Runza makes it all better. At number nine, in ranking Nebraska's schedule and their opponents from easiest to hardest. I got Illinois. October 29th, Fighting Illini will come to Lincoln, Nebraska. Nebraska will be coming off a bye week, which again, like we just talked about, is usually a pretty good thing to heal up, extra prep, all that sorts of stuff. Uh, And Illinois, conversely, will be coming off of three straight pretty physical games. They play Wisconsin, Iowa, and Minnesota. So that's three teams that are going to lean on you, beat you up, a lot of you know, black and blue type football games. And this is a revenge game for Nebraska. Re- it, you think back to that game a year ago, really felt like Nebraska completely pissed that game away with self-inflicted stuff. You have turnovers. Martinez has the fumble, and it's scooped up and scored for a touchdown by Illinois. All the penalties, uh, the special teams blunders. Connor Colt missed an extra point. You have the infamous Cam Taylor Britt safety on the first one of the first punts of the game after trying to re- catch it at the zero yard line. So 
even though Nebraska lost, it kind of felt like they were the better team, but they just couldn't get out of their own way. Now, Illinois did have a pseudo-okay year last year. They upset Penn State on the road. Remember that game that went like in the 20 overtimes or whatever it was? It was it was crazy, 20 being a little over the top. But uh, So Illinois goes 5-7. and seven. They had major struggles on offense. So, they, so Brett Bielema fired his offensive coordinator. So they're going to have a new offense, which as – yeah, obviously we've talked about ad nauseum around here. It takes you know, there's some concerns with that whenever you're breaking in a new a new system, a new coordinator. Now defensively, Illinois was was actually pretty good. They had a top thirty scoring defense. They were the fourth best scoring defense in the Big Ten, but they lost a lot of impact guys on the defensive side of the ball. So we'll see how that how they are defensively. But listen, home game, off a bye. For Nebraska against a team that I would have to assume they are going to be ready to play and a little bit of revenge on their minds with how they performed last year in Champaign. So I got Illinois in Lincoln as the at number nine in terms of ranking easiest to hardest for Nebraska's schedule. At number eight, I got Northwestern in Ireland. Week zero, August 27th, first game of the year in Dublin, Ireland. Whew, a lot of variables with this one. I, there, to a certain degree, I have no idea what to expect in this game. How do you factor in the Ireland thing? Who the hell knows? How do you factor in the new coach or, or new offensive coordinator, new play caller, new quarterback, all the new coaches, all the new transfers? Like, how do you fa- how do you factor all that in? I, it's hard. Now, Las Vegas pegs Nebraska as a nine and a half point favorite, which seems really high to me. But Nebraska did smash Northwestern last year to the tune of 56-7. to And Northwestern had a really down year last year, going 3-9 and on the season, and they lost their last six games in a row. But Pat Fitzgerald is notorious for bounce backs. Uh, just when you think they're going to go into the tank for a little bit, they rise back up. So as we've learned over the course of the last decade or so, betting against Pat Fitzgerald usually is in a wise bet. But this game... This game to me is mainly about Nebraska. Because like we said, going to Dublin presents a lot of obstacles, a lot of distractions. It's You're not into a routine. Everything's getting changed. You have five new coaches, brand new offense. You're going to be relying on maybe nine or ten starters that are transfers, including a new quarterback, all new specialists. Like you lose a ton on defense, on and on. So this feels like one of those games that is largely – about Nebraska, focusing on Nebraska. Because, listen, Northwestern isn't great, but who the hell knows how Nebraska's going to be either. And so I just, I think the Ireland factor in all this makes this tough to size up. I've said numerous times over the course of the last, you know, six months or so that if I would have been Trev Alberts in Nebraska, I would have been doing all I can to get out of this game being played in Ireland. I think the more normalcy and keeping things in the states in terms of maximizing practice time and keeping things, you know, instead of a in, instead of a super long travel day to get to Dublin, you just fly to Chicago, right? And you got an hour flight Chicago, and you're there. But now you're gonna have a huge monster tra- travel day, different time zone, different. It's just a lot. So if for me, I would have tried to get out of this game. They didn't. It's happening. The Ireland factor is an interesting one to, to factor into all this. Now, Northwestern last year, they were really bad against the run. 119th ranked rush defense where Nebraska ran all over them. It was the Jacquez Yant explosion. Um, 
and they were even worse scoring the ball. Northwestern was. They were ranked 125th in the country in scoring offense. They averaged 16 points per game. Yikes. This game's fascinating on a variety of levels. Uh, like I said a little bit ago, this game feels like a lot like that Illinois game was last year where you have a conference game, week zero, and it could shape a lot for the season. Vibes, West Division rankings, all those sorts of things. Can't wait to watch this one. I got Northwestern at number eight. At number seven, I got road game at Rutgers. October 7th, first true roadie for Nebraska. Obviously, Dublin's a you know, neutral site. This is the first true road game of this year for Nebraska. So think about that. They don't have a true road game until October 7th. And we've talked about this, too. Nebraska could be feeling pretty good about themselves with the fact that it's a manageable first five games of the season, right? You got Georgia Southern, North Dakota, Indiana, uh, Northwestern. Like, there, there's a version of the first five games of the year where Nebraska's sitting there feeling pretty good about themselves. Four and one, five and oh, who knows? Rutgers won five games last year, but they kind of beat nobody of substance. Uh, Noah Vedral is back at quarterback, but they you read up on him. They got another quarterback, Gavin Wimsett, that is having a lot of buzz in the spring. Uh, pretty talented, high uh, heralded recruit that came in a year ago. Um, now, Rutgers made a ton of changes on defense. Greg Schiano hired five new coaches on that side of the football, new defensive coordinator, new linebackers coach, new D-line coach, new cornerbacks coach, new safeties coach. Plus, they lost their top two tacklers. So it's a lot of new and unknown on the defensive side of the ball for Rutgers going on for the Scarlet Knights. Aaron Cruikshank is back. You might remember that name. He's a dynamic return man that has hurt Nebraska at times. Can't make a mistake in the kickoff or punt game and give him an opportunity to, to take one to the house because he is capable of taking anything for for six. So you got to be careful with him. But the main reason this game concerns me is just because it's it's I'm that first true road game is always tricky to me. And the reality is the vibe of the season could be somewhat set at this point. Kind of like Again, Nebraska could be 5-0. and They could be 4-1 and and feeling pretty good about themselves. And if that's the case, look out, right? All of a sudden, they're confident they're feeling good. Of course, the opposite could be true. Maybe they stub their toe. Things don't go well early. Having some issues meshing all the new. And maybe they're 2-3. and three. Maybe they're 3-2. and two. Maybe they got blasted by Oklahoma. Maybe they lost the first game of the year to Northwestern. And that cloud is hanging over the program. So, you you never know. One one other thing to note: Rutgers plays at Ohio State the week before playing Nebraska. So they could have just gotten through getting the snot kicked out of them as well. Certainly something to consider when you think about it too. So I got Rutgers at number seven in terms of ranking Nebraska's schedule from easiest to hardest. At number six, I got Minnesota. I had a hard time with this one. Because that feels kind of like, man, seems seems like Minnesota's a tougher game than that. But it's it's tough. Nebraska hosts Minnesota on November 5th. And we all remember how last year's game went. Um, Nebraska dominated the second half, but still lost due to a sleepwalking start to that game. I mean, it, Nebraska was – that was as bad as they looked for a 
for two quarters. That that could have been the worst two quarters they played all year. The first half at Minnesota, they were they were really not good. And if we're being honest, PJ Fleck kind of has Scott Frost's number. And they've typically, by they I mean the Gophers, have typically been able to just kind of line up, be the tougher, smarter team. That's kind of how it's been. The Gophers went nine and four last year. They had a bowl win over West Virginia. So they had a pretty good year. And quarterback Tanner Morgan is back. He's experienced and he's capable. They got their stud running back, Mo Ibrahim, back after tearing his Achilles early in the season. He is a superstar. He was arguably the best running back in the Big Ten until he got hurt. And assuming he makes a full recovery, yeah, you never know those blown Achilles, man. You just never know how someone's going to bounce back from it. Uh, you got to deal with him. But they got dudes behind him as well. Chris Bell and Trey Potts have both been guys that have have emerged behind him. I think Trey Potts ended up getting hurt last year, but those both those guys were were solid. And you know they lost they lost a lot on the offensive line, but they returned an All Big Ten center in John Michael Smiths. So they got a good guy right there in the interior, but they did lose everything else around him, and they lost a lot on the defensive line too. So they have a lot to replace in the trenches, which is obviously always concerning. But they were really stout on defense a year ago. They were there. How about that? They were top ten in scoring defense, rush defense, and pass defense, and total defense. And that's pretty impressive. So listen, we know what Minnesota will be. This is going to be a a, a tough game. What, I, this was one of the games I had the really, really hard time with. I wanted to put it higher, but I just, I just feel like I couldn't, given, else who, given who else is still left to rank on the schedule. It's a really, really tough game. The reality is when we get to this part of the rankings, all these games are, are, are hard, hard games for Nebraska. It's a tough game, but it is in Lincoln, Nebraska, so that makes that's a plus. I got the Gophers coming to Lincoln as the sixth toughest game on the schedule. At number five, at Purdue, October 15th in West Lafayette. You got to have back-to-back roadies for Nebraska at Rutgers and then at Purdue. Now, Purdue beat Nebraska pretty soundly in Lincoln last year. That was, to be honest with you, if you really kind of think back to last year, that was one of the few games where it's kind of hard to make the case that Nebraska could have won or should have won the game, even though it ended 28-23. to Like that, yeah, that was a one-score loss. But they kind of had a garbage touchdown late to cut it to 28-23. It kind of felt like, if you watch that game, Purdue controlled the whole game. Karloftis disrupted the game. Martinez threw multiple interceptions, one of which was a pick six. Martinez, probably is wor- one of his worst games of the year. Um, it was not a good game all around for Nebraska against Purdue. Purdue controlled the game. Now, for Purdue, their two best players are gone. George Karloftis, off to the NFL, and so is their stud wide receiver, David Bell. But... 17 starters come back for Purdue, including their quarterback, Aiden O'Connell, who proved to be a better player than I think a lot of people thought he maybe was heading in. Purdue won nine games last year, including beating Tennessee in a bowl game. So again, it was a good year for the Boilermakers. Jeff Brom, I've always been high on him. It's a good season for them. Now, I will say in terms of it being a road game, it's not a great, I wouldn't consider Purdue a great home field advantage. But again, Road game presents issues. There's no question about it, especially when the football team is more than capable and well-coached, which Purdue is. Especially when you think about, again, all the new for Nebraska. Purdue's well-coached. They've, they've kind of been a – they're a sneaky dark horse pick to maybe win the West. Um, 
They're probably hovering around being a preseason top 35, top 40 team. So listen, I'm just I'm saying all that. It's a pretty good team. It's a pretty good Purdue team. No question about it. This is going to be a pretty tough game for Nebraska. I got a road game at Purdue October 15th as the fifth toughest game on the schedule for Nebraska. The Dick Bob Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors, and I want to talk to you guys about energy efficiency. And if you go into Pella's website right now, you look at it, and how about this? One, two, three, four, five different types of windows or doors by Pella won the Energy Star 2020 Most Energy Efficient Award. That's big-time stuff right there. And they achieved that in a couple of waves. They got insulated glass, which slows the heat transfer, keeping your home at a more comfortable temperature. They got types of low-E glass, which is a glass coating that has been optimized for your climate. They got triple pane glass, which you can upgrade to for increased insulating airspace. And within all of that, one of the keys is proper installation, which is key for window and doors to perform at their best. And you know the Pella experts are excellent at that. Bottom line, energy efficiency matters in making your home more comfortable. And Pella windows and doors are at the top of the line when it comes to energy efficiency. Check them out online, PellaOmaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. And at number four, the fourth toughest game on Nebraska's schedule, I got Wisconsin at home. And you know, I was really, really debating between the road game at Iowa and Wisconsin at home and in which order to put these two in. And even though I think Wisconsin is actually the better football team, like right now you put Wisconsin and Iowa on a neutral field, I'm probably going to take Wisconsin. I sided with home over road for the rankings. When in doubt, I went that that's kind of what I defaulted for. And so you look at this game, uh, November 19th, second to last game of the season, and Nebraska would be coming off a, a big road game at Michigan the week before. And if you think about it, the fate of things could be decided for Frost by them. Either way, like, is he a dead man walking at this point when we get into the latter stages of the season where everybody knows it's over a la Riley in, in 2017? Or has he earned that he's coming back? Maybe Nebraska's you know already got eight wins, seven wins, or whatever, and Trev has announced that he is coming back and there's an extension, whatever. There are variables. What I'm getting at is there are variables that make it tough to size things up in the summer. Because how we kind of view things now, when we get to that point, it's going to be completely different, right? I mean, think about, think about how we were sizing up the Wisconsin game on the road a year ago heading into the season, and then think about how we felt heading into that game. Remember, that was the game where Frost made all those staff changes, Ryan Held, uh, Matt Lubick, uh, you, you know, Greg Austin, everybody was let go, and all of a sudden you're coming into a game and you don't have a lot of your coaching staff. Like it, That game kind of felt like it was a throwaway game. Same thing with Iowa even. So I guess what I'm getting at is there are variables now or variables that are going to be in play then that we don't know now. But at the end of the day, it's Wisconsin. It's going to be a really, really tough game in Lincoln. Wisconsin went 9-4 and four last year. They beat Arizona State in a bowl game, and they were really, really, really stout on defense. Look at the, Listen to these numbers. Wisconsin, number one rush defense in the country, number one total defense in the country, number four in scoring defense, and number four in pass defense. I mean, damn. That's ridiculously good stuff on that side of the ball. But the Badgers only returned three starters on defense. So a lot of holes to fill on what was the side of the ball that led the way. Offensively, 
quarterback play remains an issue for Wisconsin. Graham Mertz uh, just continues to kind of show that he's he's pretty average. He had 11 interceptions to just 10 touchdowns last year. But the problem is, and I don't know where Wisconsin keeps finding these dudes, they found seemingly found the next stud at running back. Braylon Allen, true freshman last year, lit Nebraska up for 228 yards rushing and three touchdowns. And it just looks like this is the next great back. Melvin Gordon, Jonathan Taylor, Braylon Allen. Like, that's what the Monty Ball, like, that's what this guy, he looks like the, the next guy up in the long list of great running backs for Wisconsin. So, like it always does, it starts there for Nebraska. Can Nebraska slow down Wisconsin's rushing attack? It's a big question. That's where that game always kind of begins and ends for Nebraska when, taking on, when they're taking on the Badgers. But, you know, the fact that this game's at home, I think, is it bodes well for, for Nebraska. But the reality is this you know what this game is. It's a tough one, and it's one that Nebraska has not been able to crack uh, very often in the Big Ten. So I got Wisconsin at home in Lincoln, Nebraska on November 19th as the fourth toughest game on the schedule. Which then means at number three, third toughest game I have at Iowa for Nebraska. November 25th on the road, Iowa City. Again, I think Wisconsin is probably the better team right now, but location and when it falls matters. Last game of the year, could be cold. Kinnick's probably going to be rocking. And clearly, Iowa takes great pleasure in beating Nebraska. And like I said a second ago, I know I'm gonna. Some of this stuff gets repetitive, but what's the vibe for Frost at this point? Is he gone? Is he a dead man walking? Has he has he had a good year and is he coming back? All those factors are still in play with this one as well. Now Iowa won the West last year, got crushed in the Big Ten title game, forty-two to three by Michigan, and then lost their bowl game to Kentucky. But still, Iowa finished the year with ten wins. Iowa won ten games last year. Pretty amazing. And man. But but despite all that, 10 wins, going to a bowl game, playing for you know a Big Ten title, all that stuff, of all the games, Nebraska pissed away. Now, I still think Michigan State's the ultimate piss-away game for Nebraska. But of all the games Nebraska pissed away last year, this the, the Iowa game at home, right up there. I mean, Nebraska, it bears repeating, up, Nebraska was up 21-6 to late in the third quarter, like under four, five minutes ago in the third quarter. They're up 21-6, to totally in the driver's seat. Then Iowa proceeds to rip off 22 unanswered points. Everything kind of flipped on the block punt, recovered for a touchdown. And Iowa ends up winning the game 28-21. to Unbelievable, brutal collapse. But the one positive for this game and, and projecting it for next year is for most of that game, even with Logan Smothers in his first career start under center, Nebraska kind of felt like they were just as good as Iowa. In fact, I mean, they're up 21-6 to late in the third quarter. They just completely threw up on themselves. So it'll be fascinating to see what happens this coming year with Iowa and Nebraska. But you know how it is. Iowa is Iowa. They're going to be, they're going to be defensive-led. They're going to have the quarterback manage the game, and they're going to win the turnover battle. And they're going to be outstanding on special teams. Like, that's their recipe. That's how they win games. Top 15 defense, top 15 in turnover margin, really good on special teams. That's their formula. And that's what they did last year. Iowa finished 13th in scoring defense, finished 11th in the country in best turnover margin. It's what they do. 
They return eight starters on defense, 17 starters overall. So that defense is going to be stout again. The question is, it's a lot like Wisconsin, where it's, okay, defense is going to be good. You know what you're going to get there. But how good is the quarterback play? How, how good is Spencer Peters for Iowa? How good can he be? How good do they need him to be? Because he's not great. But maybe they don't need him to be great. But at some point, Nebraska has to get this Iowa monkey off their back. They just do. Same thing with Wisconsin, but Iowa, certainly. And and even though there are better teams on the schedule, maybe quote-unquote bigger games on the schedule, I think if you asked a lot of Husker fans, hey, you, you get to guarantee one win on the schedule. I think, I think more, more fans than you think would say Iowa. I think that's the win they want the most. So it's going to be a really tough game on the road, Iowa City. Got it as the third toughest game on the schedule. Then at number two, second toughest game on the schedule, got the Oklahoma Sooners coming to town to Lincoln, Nebraska, September 17th. I'll tell you right now, I really don't know what to make of Oklahoma in, to a certain degree, given their significant changes at head coach and quarterback. But if there is a program that has earned or deserves the benefit of the doubt, it's, it's Oklahoma. The bottom line is Oklahoma, and this includes Michigan, Oklahoma is arguably the most talented team that Nebraska will face this upcoming season. They're going to be preseason top 10, top 15, heading into the year. Any way you slice it, Nebraska it better put their big boy, big boy pants on. They're going to have their work cut out for them. Again, Saturday, September 17th, fourth game on the schedule. Nebraska will have played at Northwestern, Georgia Southern, or North Dakota, Georgia Southern, and... Uh, then they'll host uh, the Oklahoma Sooners inside Memorial Stadium. First time since 2010, Oklahoma inside Memorial Stadium. Pretty unbelievable, right? The stadium will be juiced up. Big noon kickoff will, will be there in Lincoln. And Gus and Joel will be on the call. I'm just, I'm crunk even talking about it, right? Last time Oklahoma was in was in town, Nebraska won the game 10-3. to Whether that was a game, Matt O'Hannon had like four interceptions, the, those the black shirts were incredible that game, but whenever Oklahoma and Nebraska get together, it's 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 fireworks, baby. So um, the 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 losses for Oklahoma though are significant in that you lose Lincoln Riley and you lose Caleb Williams Williams at quarterback, and even Spencer Rattler. We forget that Spencer Rattler was a preseason Heisman guy, and then Caleb Williams kind of supplanted him, and then both those guys hit the transfer portal after Lincoln Riley left to go to USC. So they have a lot of big holes to fill, right? Uh, Oklahoma's been an offensive-minded program, and their replacement head coach is a defensive guy in longtime Clemson defensive coordinator Brett Venables. You know, Venables is a veteran, experienced coordinator, arguably one of the best, if not the best coordinators in the country. How will he be as a head coach? It's a big question. We've seen it before where a guy's a hotshot coordinator and they, they move over and they're the head coach and things don't play out great. And we've obviously seen the alternative as well. But who knows? It's a big question. Not to mention along those lines, Lincoln Riley called the plays. He was kind of the, the mastermind offensively for the Sooners. So how will that offense be? How will it look? And then Oklahoma, like we said, is going to have a new quarterback. They do have a good one, Dylan Gabriel, Central Florida transfer. He's got 25 starts in his career. He broke his collarbone three games into last year. But his numbers are impressive. He's accurate. He's got a good arm. He's got talent, but still, new head coach, new quarterback. 
both really talented individuals, but you just never know until you get out there and play games. So th- this will be, when you look at Oklahoma's schedule, this will be Oklahoma's first true road game and first real test. They'll start the year playing UTEP at home and then Kent State at home. So there are challenges for Oklahoma as well going on the road. And even though Nebraska has their hands full with the talent of Oklahoma coming to town, I was thinking about this. I actually think there could be some confidence permeating along the Nebraska sideline in this game. I think the returners, the the guys that played in last year's Oklahoma game, should feel pretty confident in how that game played out. I mean, they arguably should have won that game. We've been over it, right? Lost 23-16. It was all self-inflicted stuff. One for three on field goals. I mean, just go to the kicking game. One for three on field goals. Blocked Had a blocked point after that got returned for two points for Oklahoma. In some ways, that's the game right there. Nebraska looked like they, were, they belonged on the field at Oklahoma. So I don't think if there's any, any sort of intimidation, that no, that's gone. And then... Speaking of confidence, the other person that should have some confidence in seeing Oklahoma is Casey Thompson. Obviously, being the starting quarterback at Texas, he's seen Oklahoma. And last year in in what was an incredible Red River rivalry game, Oklahoma and Texas, even though Oklahoma beat Texas, Casey Thompson lit up the Sooners. Listen to Casey Thompson's stat line in that game against Oklahoma. 20 of 34, 388 yards passing, five touchdowns. So Thompson, so, so Casey Thompson should feel comfortable lining up and seeing Oklahoma on the other side of the ball. Overall, Oklahoma returns 12 starters, but like I've said, interesting transition for Oklahoma. Venables, interesting fit at Oklahoma, in my opinion, defensive-minded guy in an offensive program. Maybe he's exactly what they need. Maybe they struggle now with who they are. I don't know. There is no doubt that Brent Venables is a great coordinator, but we'll see how he is as a head coach. And again, there's no doubt that Dylan Gabriel has been a really good college quarterback in Central Florida. We'll see what things look for him now as as he's a Sooner. All I'm saying is Oklahoma is really, really talented and presents a lot of problems, but Oklahoma is undergoing some interesting transition issues as well. Any way you slice it, first enormous test for Nebraska in the season. Third game of the year. September 17th in Lincoln, Oklahoma, Nebraska. What a huge, huge game. I got Oklahoma as the second toughest game on the schedule. And at number one, toughest game on the schedule at Michigan. It's the easiest pick for the hardest game. November 12th on the road in Ann Arbor. Brutally tough game. Michigan coming off a Big Ten title and a trip to the college football playoff, and Michigan finally beat Ohio State last year. So just all around, I'd have to imagine there's kind of the monkey off the back feeling around Michigan's program and Jim Harbaugh. Feels like they can kind of settle in, exhale, and maybe now Michigan takes off to the point where people maybe thought they might under Jim Harbaugh after years of falling, quote-unquote, short for some people. That's what what could be at play here. Michigan returns 14 starters. They did lose their stud, Naden Hutchinson, their star pass rusher, which is a big loss. 
Um, but you know places like Michigan or Ohio State, they typically got dudes waiting in the wing. Now, I don't know if they got another Hutchinson, but I'd imagine they got another pretty damn good player ready to step in there. Offensively, Michigan returns quite a bit. Cade McNamara is back at quarterback, who proved to be pretty solid. I actually liked Blake Corum at running back. He had 952 yards rushing last year. He's good. He's not great, but he's solid. But what you got to like if you're Michigan, and what's scary if you're Nebraska, is Michigan basically returns their entire wide receiver and tight end core, which is big. So that passing game is going to be pretty solid. And I, I don't know. I just I anticipate at least more of the same or maybe even a step forward on offense. But they're a pretty balanced team last year on both sides of the ball. 16th in the country in scoring offense, 8th in scoring defense. So Nebraska's got their work cut out for them. But like I said with the, with the Oklahoma game, the returners have to feel confident in going toe-to-toe with Michigan last year at home, right? Ramir Johnson, Luke Reimer, Nick Henrich, like those guys, Ty Robinson, they got to feel like, man, we stepped on the field with these guys and gave them everything they wanted and more. And that team went to the playoff and won the Big Ten. You can gain some confidence in that. And not, no two years are exactly the same, but confidence is confidence and comfort is comfort. But Nebraska went toe-to-toe with Michigan last year. It's an incredible third quarter. Nebraska had a real chance to win that game until Martinez fumbled late in the fourth quarter. It's just an amazing game to be at live. And I tell you what, I walked away from that game feeling really impressed with Michigan. Anyone that was in the stadium knows how electric that place was. And for Michigan to stand in that environment, hang in there, punch back, and ultimately win, I just I walked away like, damn, Michigan's impressive, man. Now, again, it's going to be different. Nebraska's on the road. They're walking into a hornet's nest. The big house will be rocking. Michigan's going to be preseason top 10. Michigan's going to be confident. It's going to be late in the year. They're maybe playing for a Big Ten title, keeping their hopes alive, and in the college football playoff, depending on how the season plays out for the Wolverines. But I, it just the, the Michigan program feels, feels like it's in a good place right now. So, to me, easy choice for the toughest game on the schedule at Michigan – Saturday, November 12th, my pick for the hardest game on the schedule for Nebraska next year. So there you go. In review, ranking the schedule for Nebraska from easiest game to hardest game. At number 12, I got Georgia Southern. At number 11, North Dakota. 10, Indiana. 9, Illinois. 8, Northwestern in Dublin, Ireland. 7th toughest game is at Rutgers. 6th, Minnesota at home. Fifth at Purdue, fourth Wisconsin at home, third at Iowa, second toughest game Oklahoma, and the toughest game of the season at Michigan. Like I said in, in some explanations, the one the the ones I struggled with the most in terms of sorting them out were were Minnesota at home and at Purdue, like sizing up those two games, and then at Iowa and Wisconsin. And in both instances, I just kind of sided with the road game being the tougher game. I'm not ready to die on that hill, though, because I'm sure people are going to light me up in my Twitter mentions and say, oh, I don't th- I think this, I think that. Like, You could convince me that Minnesota at home is the tougher game than on the road at Purdue. And you could easily convince me that Wisconsin at home is a tougher game than at Iowa. I, I could totally ride with that. Totally, totally roll with that. But other than that, I feel pretty good about my rankings. I think Michigan and Oklahoma being at number one and number two are easy choices. And overall, 
I'd say just like how I felt going in and so the narrative around the season is this schedule is obviously much more manageable than years past, in particular last year. I mean, the fact that just the fact that Nebraska doesn't play Ohio State alone is enormous. Just take that out of the equation, it changes things. And then the fact that their tough non-conference game is at home hosting Oklahoma, not to mention that Oklahoma game having all their changes for their program, does it, that game doesn't look as tough as it did six or eight months ago. Then you look at your crossover games, aren't brutal outside of the road game at Michigan, but you're taking on Indiana coming off a 2-10 and 10 season, and then Rutgers, not terrible. You avoid Penn State and Michigan State. So overall, interesting exercise to do. Manageable schedule for Nebraska. Still tough. Not as tough as last year. We'll see if Nebraska can get their act together and hit the ground running in what is obviously a crucial do-or-die year in many ways for Nebraska and Scott Frost. They got a real shot to start the season 5-1, and 4-2, and two, and you do that, maybe you catch that wave of confidence that has never happened under Scott Frost. Things could get interesting. We shall see. All I know is doing exercises like this makes me pump for football season, baby. I cannot wait for the fall. A Huda Media Production.